The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 128th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we'll be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, it's a big breaking news morning here already, just in the last few minutes. The Houston Texans fired Coach Gary Kubiak. After he lost his uh, 11th game in a row last night. And of course, he had the health issue uh, just a few weeks back. So, tough times for Gary Kubiak. Uh, what team has fallen so far, so fast in the Houston Texans? Uh, just incredible. Um, I remember it was only a little over a year ago they marched here into Foxborough. Uh, 20 minutes from me, Gillette Stadium, wearing their Letterman jackets and ready to uh, to take that next level step by beating the Patriots. The Patriots beat them down big time, completely, totally exposed them, embarrassed them. And since then, the record is something that sounds like, uh, you know, 3-15 and 15 or something unbelievable. Patriots also handily beat them just a few weeks later than in last year's playoffs. Uh, it was what I call a routine victory, if a, any playoff victory can be routine. So, wow. Again, how the mighty have fallen. It is just uh, 11 in a row with an exclamation point of losing to the Jaguars last night. I was watching, you know, the end of that game, Matt Schaub throwing an interception like, just telegraphed it uh, to end the game, giving the Jaguars their first victory in their home stadium in like a year. So anyway, just uh, pretty incredible. Uh, again, everyone, and I mean everyone, said, you know, the Texans are one step away. This is prior to their visit to Foxborough last year. 
late last year. And even with all that, when they went out and got Ed Reed in the offseason, I think a lot of people, myself included, just said, you know, all right, that, that could be the missing piece. Instead, they've just fallen completely flat on their face. Uh, and again, punctuated today <coughs> with the firing of Gary Kubiak, who's uh, been there for a long time. Matt Schaub, obviously, horrible year. His future is equally <laughs> uh, uncertain. Kubiak's future is no uncertain, no longer uncertain. He's been fired. Q- Matt Schaub is very uncertain. Uh, Wade Phillips, by the way, put in as the uh, interim head coach. Good choice there. Perfect to just play out the season. So crazy league, crazy league, the way these teams can uh, go from top to bottom or bottom to top in less than a year is really, in my mind, the key element of what makes the NFL the NFL. It's just that simple. There's always hope uh, or despair, but you never, you never know what's coming. So, on to my uh, – and other breaking news this morning, just before I forget, real quickly. Uh, Robinson Cano signed uh, with the Seattle Mariners, uh, leaving the Yankees. Of course, the Yankees just signed Red Sox outfielder Jacoby Ellsbury. Nothing has ever been more obvious than uh, Jacoby Ellsbury uh, leaving the Red Sox for big money. That's been like just common knowledge since literally day one, 2007, when he burst on the scene in the four-game World Series sweep over the Colorado Rockies. And nothing's ever changed since then. And at the very first opportunity for free agency, he jumped out, signed immediately, and got, wow, $153 million deal. Cano got a $240 million 10-year deal just a couple of hours ago. Surprise there is simply uh, <clears throat> Jay-Z, of course, is the much-heralded uh, new agent. And um, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have thought he would have picked Seattle. It's just that simple to make him a, quote, brand. Uh, but Seattle's kind of a hot city with what's going on with the Seahawks. Uh, you know, the soccer team is obviously off the charts out there. You can't get a ticket for their soccer games, the MLS uh, franchise out there. Who knows? You know, so it's there. It's there. The Mariners in their good days have been really, really an electric team to watch, much like the Seahawks. So there's something about that area that's a little different. Uh, so maybe that's somehow behind it. And $240 million didn't hurt either. So, that's today's breaking news. Let me jump into uh, the usual format, which is uh, my highlight of the week. Very simple. The Auburn play. Need I say more? Uh, Within moments of, within seconds of Auburn scoring uh, on their second miracle in three weeks, of course, referring to the 109-yard kickoff missed field goal return last Saturday evening. I texted. Uh, I, I was texting at the end of the game with uh, an, an equally fervent, fervent sports fan, and I'm proud to say that within seconds, I texted most famous, uh, greatest play in college football history. 
and I think I got it right. And uh, a lot of people have said that since then. I said it literally within 10 seconds, if not five seconds, after he crossed the goal line. It was obviously recognizable to me exactly what had just had happened. Um, just the most unbelievable ending, let alone play, uh, you know, and I live up here in Boston. I well remember the Flutie miracle in Miami, uh, on my birthday, the day after Thanksgiving in, uh, 1983. So I know what these things look like. And, uh, the amazing thing to me, I couldn't believe when, I went to my mailbox yesterday and got the Sports Illustrated cover and saw Ohio State on the co- on the cover. I got my Sports Illustrated magazine. I just about fell over. And, you know, they had these great pictures inside of the game, both of the crowd on the field and of the kick returner blowing by the only Alabama player that had even a prayer of tackling him. Uh, I cannot believe... Sports Illustrated did not put that on the cover because, as I said, as I texted after the play, I think it's the greatest college, fo- greatest football play in college football history. And for SI to not put it on the cover and instead put on Ohio State, uh, who granted, I love their game as well. That uh, went right down to you know, Grady Hoke calling for two, go for the victory, and it was. Uh, Horrible play call, horrible, horrible play call. And, of course, Ohio State stopped it, and that's that. Mm. So it's uh, some good stuff uh, going on in college football. But, again, that was just uh, one of those rare moments in sports that you just can't believe what you saw. And I loved it, again, for my money. The greatest play and the greatest finish in college football history. It ended Alabama's shot for history. Three national championships in a row. Nobody's ever done it yet in the modern era of college football. And to have Auburn do it, you you know, their arch rival in the Iron Bowl, uh, you know, is, is just incredible. It was a great game. And to have all this happen on two weeks after their miracle win against Georgia on that just unbelievable immaculate deflection, as they're calling it, this is just truly, uh, you know, one of the more fascinating things we've seen in a while for those two endings to occur in the sta- same stadium two weeks apart is remarkable. Loved it. My bizarre story of the week is uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, that situation just simply, uh, it ended yesterday, by all for all intents and purposes, at least for now. And the reason I call it a bizarre story is just simply, you know, nothing is different now than the day before the story broke. But look at all the, you know effort, uh, airtime, print, just time and effort expended on this to get to the exact same situation we were the day before the story broke. 
I have all, you know, the sympathy in the world for any suffering the potential victim incur- had. But, you know, again, it's just to sit here today knowing all that went on is, uh, you know, over the course of the last few weeks uh, and to land back at the exact same spot where we were, uh, which is basically nowhere, you, you know, and key in the fact that, you, you, you know, this was from a year ago. So 11 months passed before there was, quote, action. And then to say it was, uh, you know, um, an unbelievable, you know, firestorm would be an understatement. And, uh, but that's exactly what happened. And, uh, so, uh, just really, uh, bizarre, bizarre situation to put it mildly. And, uh, and we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how they play going forward from here. So, that again, uh, and then just to close with my low light, was just simply, again, the fact that the Auburn play was not on the Sports Illustrated cover. Utterly remarkable. So, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from outside the huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Bama Magazine. behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. We're America listeners. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... Call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., thanks for calling in today. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, John. I'm actually in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Georgia Dome, the SEC Folks are here for the championship tomorrow afternoon. That's exciting. Wow. Um, It's, you know, the place to be. But last week, you were really at the place to be, which was, of course, the Auburn-Alabama game. You were there. I just have to ask you, what was it like? Yeah, John, it was was quite a ball game as the national audience saw last Saturday. I mean, two teams really competing hard. One team trying to defend the championship and the other one trying to win the title after not winning a conference game all last season. Correct. Uh, it was. I was riveted the whole time. The ending. I mean, as I just said in the first segment, uh, I consider it the most unbelievable play in college football history. What was it like for you to be there? What was it like in person? Yeah, John, at the end of that game, you know, there was some debate. I mean, they had some timeouts, I think, were involved, and everybody was wondering if they were going to let the young kicker attempt a long field goal, but he had had some 50-yard successful conversions as a high school player and actually won and won a game, I think, you know, in the Georgia Dome uh, with a field goal. So he was under some pressure, of course, but... A lot of people just said, well, why don't you just throw a Hail Mary pass because you might be able to get an interference call, get 15 yards closer. But the choice was made, and Nick Saban had the play reviewed, and that was his option. And they had all those big linemen they're blocking, and they had a, a tight end, number 84, Brian, Brian Vogel. I talked to Brian after the game, and he said he had a chance, but he took the wrong angle. And then the other one only in the picture to, to push the runner out of bounds was the holder. Uh, was the punter, and normally it's A.J. McCarron. Maybe he's had a little bit better athlete out there. Maybe A.J. would have pushed him out of bounds. But to be there and to hear all that, that noise at the end of the game and see that finish, I, I've watched a lot of games. I've just never seen that happen. And Nick Saban, that could go sentence. He never lost a game that way, never seen one lost that way. But uh, believe it or not, John, it's happened four times in the history of NCAA football. They notified us. And once was this year with LSU against UAB. And the other two times were in the 60s. So uh, there's never been a game ending you know, of this magnitude and with that ending. So it was incredible. It was incredible. I mean, I, I, it, 
It just seemed like the last thing on everybody's mind, including Nick Saban. Like, it wasn't even on anybody's mind. It was just so startling. And, you know, what I, you know, because I think everybody, maybe it was being steered by the announcers, and they did a great job, you know, Vern Longquist and Gary Danielson, as they always do. They know their SEC football, but, you know, it was just Hail Mary, Hail, Hail Mary was the discussion on TV. And then all of a sudden, this kicker shows up. And that's all well and good, too. And, you know, we all know redshirt freshman, two or three kicks all year long. But nobody, including the announcers, I, I mean, just it never crossed anybody's mind. It's just that simple. I mean, not one person has said it did. I think anybody who would would be fibbing, and uh, <laughs> to say the least. I had a couple of them get in touch with me, and I think uh, I agree with your, your reply. They're either saving or they're the world's greatest pessimist. So I, I have a few friends that, uh, that ilk, and they, they told me, they said right before there was kick, they turned to somebody and said, well, they could return this thing. So there are those few people that, that the sky is falling mentality, and, and they live to see it happen that day if you're an Alabama uh, fan. Right. Well, I'll speak for myself, and I, I think a lot of other people when I say that, you know, as the kick, as he kicked it and the ball started coming down, I was startled to see it, like, fall into the arms of an Auburn guy. I just wasn't thinking in those terms. I just had it in my head, like, that it was just going to, like, fall to the ground and on to overtime. I don't, I don't know why. I, I know the rules. I know that better. I've seen kickoff, return, you know, these returns, too, but... And that was one thing. So that, I think, began sort of the shot, the surprise part that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not just short and falling on the ground or long and into the stands or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, an Auburn guy has his hands on it. But th- that didn't really seem to matter too much. I mean, I thought, oh, right. that's interesting. And then he got it. And then when he just broke free at the... 30 or so, then all of a sudden, everybody realized what was happening, at least, you know. But you were there, so what, what was it like in the press box? Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, every, everybody, their mouth, you know, the jaws on the ground as the play is happening. I mean, I, I actually have to be on the field itself, John, you you know, when you I was were. filming it. And when I, initially, when I look back at my replay, I kind of put my my camera, my phone down because I'm thinking, well, the play is probably over. And then I realized, well, he's running it out. I had to hurry up and move it back into focus. And so it was, it was surprising to everybody watching the game. And I don't know if we'll see that happen again. Uh, I don't know. Like I say, twice in one year with, with this game, all the ramifications involved, the three P and the quarterback, A.J. McCarron pushing for the Heisman and trying to, be the third third time he wins the title, BCS title. So, yeah, there was a lot of discussion that Nick Saban had made some errors in that game, not only that field goal kick attempt, but the fourth down play on the fourth and one, and he issued bringing that kicker back in for about a 30-yarder, but he, he went over that in the press conference and said, well, we tried a couple from that distance, he missed missed a few, so he, he kind of had his, his bet there. But it just shows that no coach is infallible. Correct. Um, wow. So you were on the field. Where were you on the field? 
I was on the Alabama side around the 20-yard line, so I was shooting down to my left. And then he just ran right across in front of me on the opposite side for that touchdown. So you were on the end of the 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 end of the field where the touchdown was scored. That twenty. Yeah, yeah, at the twenty yard line on the wow. opposite side. Correct. Yeah, oh my so, gosh. Yeah, so I could see it. He's coming right down the field, and I have my camera zeroed in and my phone zeroed in, and I'm I know my mouth was open. I'm sure. Oh no question. Everybody's was. Uh, what was the sound like? I mean, was it the loudest thing you've ever heard in sports? Yeah, it, it, it's the loudest uh, cheer I've ever heard, John. It was it was just deafening. You couldn't hear yourself. Somebody's right next to you, get near, couldn't hear them. I can only imagine. Um, that's just amazing. And then afterwards, you were in the Alabama locker room. Uh, afterward, we they brought the players out. So, I, like I said, I got a chance to speak with Brian Boker, who was the tight end, who was the initial one running down that sideline after everyone realized that the, the player was coming from the uh, end zone to run it out. And you could see on the replay that he just took a very bad angle. And, John, when you think about it, all you had to do was get him on the ground, push him out of bounds, not even tackle him, just make him – step on the out-of-bounds line, it, 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 it's something, like I say, that will live forever. It's the Christian Leitner shot um, that all the Kentucky people will have to watch for years. Well, well said. Well said. What's it been like in the state of Alabama this week since you returned back there? Yeah, I mean, the people, the Auburn fans are just ecstatic, of course, and they'll, they'll be talking about it. For, well, I'll just give you an example, John. 41 years ago, there was a game where I think we, uh, we might have talked about this. Auburn was losing 16 to 3, and Alabama's on the way to another championship possibility. And Auburn blocks the punt. David Langer returns for a touchdown. A series of two later, the same thing happened. Same person for Auburn blocks the punt. Bill Newton, David Langer runs it in 17 16. They made those stickers, punt, bam, on punt. The, the pins, you know, they're, they're still floating around 40 years later. So does that give you an idea? This is even more significance. If it's floating around for 40 years, this thing will go for at least 80. Right, I'm sure, and, and even longer, just forever. I mean, I, I think of, you know, and I wasn't even alive, but I know all about it, but, you know, the the Billy Cannon punt return for LSU on Halloween night to lead the, I believe they were called the Chinese Bandits, to the national championship. I think Paul Dietzel was their coach. I mean, I wasn't even, I, I may have been alive, but I wasn't I wasn't watching because I was that young. But, I mean, it's going to be that kind of a play. Like, I know everything I just said about that play, and I didn't even witness it. Um, so I think that's one example of how a play can live forever. And, again, I have no allegiance to LSU, no nothing but I, but I know about that play, as does every college football yeah. fan. And in this day, John, with all the replays and the 24-hour networks, this will be, this will be going on uh, every college football season, every time there's an Alabama-Auburn game, every, every time they're mentioning some fantastic play, they're going to bring this, you know, that last-second kick and return to the screen. So 
it'll come out of nowhere when you, you know Alabama people might be watching something completely off the topic and it's going to jump right in front of them. Exactly, exactly. Well, I know you have uh, you know a lengthy sports history. Was it the most unbelievable thing you've ever witnessed in sports? John, I, I think it is. I, I don't. I, I think it is, and by a long shot, because of the the ramifications of that three P and AJ McCarron going for the Heisman and he's trying to be the first quarterback to win three BCS titles. So, I, I just don't see one game uh, measuring up to that stunning loss. I, if it was another year and Alabama didn't win the title, it's okay. Well, they didn't win it this year and. We couldn't win that last game, and you know, hats off to Auburn. But this destroyed that uh, part of the dynasty, chipped away at the dynasty a little bit. Correct. And to me, what really is the kicker to this whole thing, and certainly you can articulate it much better than me, is the fact that it did occur in the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn. In other words, this was <laughs> yeah. th- this play was perpetrated by. You know, uh, the, arch big, the biggest of big arch rivals, as big as it gets in this country. Yeah, I mean, like you say, in this country, I've I just been around a lot of different rivalries, but there's nothing like that. Alabama, Auburn, I mean, little old ladies who get their dander up uh, about that game. You just don't see that in other sports. I mean, all the schools are, you know, revved up that week and, it hits all facets of life. Correct. And, I, and I've, I've talked a few times on the show about, you know, my closest thing to that is, you know, Pitt Penn State. That's what I grew up on. Literally, I grew up halfway between the two. And in the early 80s, as it was last Saturday in, uh, in Auburn, in the early 80s, for three years in a row, one of the two teams was the national championship, was number one in competition for the national championship, if not both teams. This, this, of course, was the days of Dan Marino and many, many others. So the situation last Saturday was very reminiscent to me of those Pitt-Penn State matchups. But even I would not even begin to say that the history, the bad blood, whatever you want to call it, the rivalry is anywhere near on the level of Alabama-Auburn. And if it was, it's now been 30 years since it ended. So forget that anyway. So, you know, as great as that was and some of the fondest memories of my life, again, not, you know, Pitt-Penn State, and it's, you know, not even close to Auburn-Alabama. So, again, that to me also elevates this play to another level because – it was between, you know, two arch rivals in the Iron Bowl. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, John, the measuring stick is 1 through 10. That rivalry is about a 12. Bingo. <laughs> Perfectly said. I, I, I can't say it any better than that. So with that, AP, it's like I'm almost honored to be talking to you, knowing you were there. And now that I know that you were actually on the field, it's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I, like I, I can now go through the rest of my life and say, I know somebody who was on the field for that game. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was glad to be there, John, but I, I wasn't too happy with the outcome, but uh, I wouldn't uh, want it any other way. I wanted to be there. Oh, absolutely. No, you, you'll remember it forever, and uh, as we all will, anybody who witnessed it, but you especially. And 
Uh, well, with that said, why don't we uh, take our break? Lots more to talk about, and uh, I know you're sticking around on the other side, and we'll talk about uh, the big conference championship games tomorrow. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we're obviously talking Auburn, Alabama. We're going to talk some more college sports. But I did want to mention that uh, when we last spoke, I was getting ready to go to the Ivy Sports Symposium at Harvard Law School, which I did indeed go to immediately following the show. And it was really quite an event, you know. Uh, I know covering Alabama, you get to see a lot of college students and, uh, you know, in their setting. And I got to see that, too, with, uh, you know, really some of the big names in sports. Everybody from, you know, Rich Gotham of the Boston Celtics, who happens to live... uh, 
in the very town that I live in outside of Boston, uh, you know, right up to, you know, uh, just big names such as, uh, you know, George Ayatollah of the NFL Players Association and, uh, you know, from the media to management of, you know, major league sports teams, professional teams, uh, you know, Jim Delaney, Commissioner of the Big Ten was there. Uh, you know, just some really, really neat stuff. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, it was just, you know, I've been to a few of these student-run, student-organized events. But no surprise, given that it was at Harvard and it was the Ivy Sports Symposium, as in organized by Ivy Leaguers, it was really one of the better things I've been to uh, in a long time. John, did you have a moment among all those guests where somebody really caught your attention or caught your ear with something they said or a point they brought up or some discussion about an issue that you thought Well, was you know, I did. It's, it, it's fascinating, you know, that you would say that. Uh, I was at a sports finance symposium, and they got on the subject of... Uh, one of the Celtics owners bought A.S. Roma, one of the most identifiable uh, soccer teams in the world. And I say this as, you know, within, as within the past hour to the World Cup draw uh, for what was just held. And he just talked about, you know, the strategy. He was involved in the financing of the deal. And he just talked about the strategy of how a guy... Uh, from Boston, Jim Parada was the name, again, uh, one of the owners of the Celtics, and obviously of, of Italian descent, and, you know, why he bought this team, you know, located in Rome, and, you know, a, a brand that's been down, but what, that was once great, and just, you know, we've all seen it here in America, I, I need to look no further myself than the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they're 21 losing seasons, and, uh, you know, to, to know what it means for a once great brand to go down and then rise again. So, yeah, it was just fascinating to see how they're now marketing, uh, you know, this brand and where it could be headed. And, you know, again, they're in, you know, arguably one of the top three cities in the world, Rome, soccer crazy Italy. And, you know, it, it just seems like they found, you know, they've got a diamond in the rough with American owners and, you know, how they're leveraging this, you know, transatlantic type of marketing, all kinds of unique, fascinating, you know, innovative approaches. I, I just found it, again, really out of the box kind of stuff that I'm just typically not used to listening, you know, to hearing. And again, this is, you know a team to keep kind of your eye on because it's, you know, you see the potential of them, you know, coming like a Manchester United or something. Again, they're in such a great, great city. And, you know, soccer is the world sport, you know, with the talk about timing world cup next year in Brazil. I mean, there's just a whole lot of things that I was hearing that made me think like, boy, you know, Put it this way, if this is a stock, you'd buy it today, <laughs> A.S. Roma. You would. Good investment. Good investment, exactly. They're just, uh, you know, I, I liked everything I heard. 
and how they're doing it. And again, you know, it's a the key to the whole thing to me, you know, quite simply is, you know, the transatlantic connection. You have a Boston-based American owner with yeah. this iconic franchise in the iconic city of Rome and how are they going to grow it? And I, I, I think they're going to grow it pretty dramatically. So I just found it fascinating. Yeah, I can imagine uh, it was interesting to hear all the, about the financing and the, the marketing plans and how he plans to grow the organization. Yes, it really was. It really was. Um, you know, a lot of upside here. I mean, you know, I didn't grow up around soccer. I grew up here in the states, of course, and you know, you know but I, you know, I know Liverpool, and yeah, you know, I, I, I know Barcelona and Real Madrid, and you know. Teams like that, but I can't, I'm going to be honest here, and I certainly did not know the name AS Roma. And, I mean, the day this this deal occurred a couple of years back, I mean, I, I knew about it right then on day one. It was obviously news in Boston, and, uh, you know, but it was like, you know, who's this team? Even though I knew they were in Rome, obviously. <laughs> but, you, you know, uh, so I, I'm just saying, there's a lot of upside here, and I think they're just in the right place to do it, uh, shall we say. And, you, you know, now we're seeing soccer on NBC on a regular basis, things like that. I mean, every Sunday night, watching Sunday night football, you know, they insert that, you know, 30-second blurb about, you know, what went on in the EPL, the European Premier League that day, you know, that type of thing. So it's coming. It's coming. It's going global, more global than it's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, anybody else caught your fancy? You know, that was the biggie. I thought, you know, Rich Gotham, uh, you know, of the Celtics was also excellent. Uh, He's the team president. Just, you know, impressive guy, nice guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he just talked about, and, and he was on a panel with, uh, people from, you know, Madison Square Garden, that type of thing. And uh, and they talked, and the Wharton School, for instance, and they talked about, uh, you know, the rise of regional sports networks and a deal that, you know, the Celtics mm-hmm. have done. So it was just fascinating to, again, hear kind of the, you, you know, the backstory, the financial backstory of it. And, and we all know, uh, you know, these regional sports networks, uh, like Fox out in L.A., who, you know, were so key to the whole growth of the Dodgers and why Frank McCourt, you know, was able to, you know, sell the team to, or for a billion-plus dollars to Magic Johnson. I mean, this is all rooted in, you know, the money that was coming from the regional sports networks out there. So the, it's a gigantic trend sweeping across America, as we all well know. Yeah, it's smart business to have your own network if you own a team, John. I mean, the- New York Yankees, they started out with MSG, and then they had the Yes Network. So, yep. you know, they, they just made that transition. And, I mean, that even happens in, at the collegiate level, John. You're seeing you know, the launch of the SEC Network next August. The Big Ten has a network. I think the ACC has one in mind as well. So it's it's always uh, smart to integrate your, your product from top to bottom and pick control. Yes, in fact, I know you're down there and you got a little SEC network info. 
being down in Atlanta uh, as we speak. And why don't we just take our final break here on the other side? I'd like to hear what information you did get on the SEC network. And uh, we'll cover that on the other side, AP. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our... Weekly call in expert AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin our segment, I want to say that my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the Ohio State Michigan State Conference Championship game tomorrow, one of a few that are occurring. AP and I are going to get into them in a minute, but first we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the SEC network, which you. Uh, Heard a little bit about when you attended the uh, SEC championship luncheon today, right, AP? Yeah, they had they spoke about the three components that will uh, comprise the uh, SEC network. They're going to have live events, which will be about a thousand, John, if you can believe that, of wow. SEC-related games, and uh, they're also going to have studio coverage, of course, and that all take place in Charlotte with a. Uh, there's additions to that facility in Charlotte ongoing right now. And then they'll continue with the SEC storied 
which some people will be familiar with the man, you know, the Manning story. The Herschel Walker was the first one, I believe. But they're going to make ten of those in one okay. year. So the those recent. are the three components. Uh, and then another interesting part of that discussion they had today in the press conference was they're going to have their own college game day just for the SEC, SEC Nation. Wow. I love that. I love that. Since it seems like game day is often at an SEC site anyway. So uh, that is great. I mean, obviously, just a huge hit. I watch it every Saturday. I DVR it. I just don't miss it. Not many college fans do, football fans. and So, yeah, there's nothing like being there. So the SEC, uh, I think it's a very, very smart move on their part. Yeah, I mean, they're going to try to capture the, the fan base and they want to bring you that passion every week. That's their goal. And uh, they're going to have games. I mean, there'll be double headers on that network. And so anybody who, you know, they're going to try to have it all around the country. They're in discussion with the, the uh, cable companies to broadcast right. that, that station. So... Look for it on your local dial. I'm sure they can go straight up in New England, too. Yeah, well, I was just saying, uh, you know, to you on our break that, you know, I get the Big Ten Network. I tune in more than I ever thought I would, put it that way. I love it. So uh, I'm certain I'm going to love the SEC Network as well. And that is great. And speaking of the SEC, AP, uh, you're there. You're in Atlanta. You're at the Georgia Dome where tomorrow's, SEC championship game will be played between Auburn and Missouri. I, at the beginning of this segment, mentioned, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State is my pick for appointment viewing, but of course it's one and one A. Uh, I said Ohio State only in that, you know, it's the first game, and if they win, they're almost assuredly going to the national championship game against Florida State on the assumption Florida State beats Duke. They're heavily favored. Uh, you know, if Ohio State doesn't win, the nation is clearly the pick of the weekend is obviously what'll be what would be then a tremendous Auburn Missouri matchup. Yeah, yeah, John, those teams can really put points on the board. I mean uh the thing that caught my eye was that Missouri is second in the league in rush defense and but Auburn bludgeoned Alabama for close to 300 last week. I thought they might end up with 150. They almost hit their number of 320. They were right close to, I think mean, it's 296. So Missouri is going to be challenged. Uh, and Missouri also is second in the scoring defense, giving up only 19.4 per game. So I think Auburn, you know, it's a, it's a one point pick, you know, type of game. Auburn's favored by a point. So anything could happen. But I have yet to see anybody really stop Auburn's rushing attack. And, you know, the quarterback, Nick Marshall, he's done under pressure to throw Murray May passes. And when he's been in that situation, he's had just enough to, to uh, provide some, you know, spark in that passing game. Yes. Uh, well, you know, Missouri, I mean, they're a really good team. And for me, I'll best describe them like this. Watching them last week against Texas A&M, it was the first time I've ever watched Johnny Manziel play in a game as it wound down uh, into the fourth quarter. It's close that I felt he wasn't going to get it done, uh, which means 
all credit due to the Missouri defense and offense uh, mm-hmm. that I just didn't think Johnny Menzel was going to lead them to victory because I, it was obvious to me that Missouri was going to win that game. So that speaks volumes from, from, for me, from my perspective. And uh, so, yeah, again, uh, knowing that Ohio, I, I mean, it's just going to be uh, some great theater, to say the least. Actually, I think now wait, the Auburn-Missouri game is on at like 4 o'clock Eastern time, right? Right, right. She, she, you know, it comes on pregame 3 o'clock, I believe, something like that. And, okay. Uh, that, that Missouri got a pretty good front seven. I, I, if I was an Auburn fan, I'd be a little scared because they're 11th in the scoring defense in a 14-team league. And, you know, some games your offense doesn't click, and you need, you need a little bit of defense to keep yourself in the game. So I'd be a little concerned if I was Auburn. Yes, well, uh, again, Missouri lost only once this year. It was a double overtime loss. They did not have their starting quarterback, who's great, James Franklin. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can make a case for Missouri. So if Missouri beats Auburn, um, the winner of that game, obviously, you know, is going to be sitting there in position for a national championship game. But correct me if I'm wrong, Alabama's ahead of Missouri. Therefore, if Missouri beats Auburn and Michigan State beats Ohio State, then... Alabama could get the invite to the national championship. Am I right about that? That, that? That's a possibility, but, John, what I was thinking, if I had a conversation with somebody, they would have the claim that they beat Auburn. So I don't know how, you know, that might affect that number, Alabama's BCS ranking. Uh, I think the best scenario if you're trying to see an all-SEC championship probably is for Auburn to win the game. And, of course, Michigan State to uh, when that came, I believe they're a five and a half point favorite, and then due to have a miracle because they're a twenty nine point underdog. Right. So with that, with that said, uh, those first two teams would, would drop in the BCS rankings, leaving Auburn was third and Alabama's fourth. So it just goes by those numbers. They don't ask you where you live or what's your conference, and they just go by those numbers. So that, that's a scenario where you could have an All SEC championship. Uh, you know, you could also have that with Missouri playing Alabama, too, I believe. Uh, Missouri, yeah, exactly. Missouri was right. to win, and the other two, other two teams were upset. Or, That's or what I was upset, just thinking. Competed. So three, four, and five are SEC teams. Right. Just just that simple. So, you know, doesn't have to be even. So there's still a strong chance. An SEC team is going to be in the mix and in the national championship game and have the you know, and if they win, it would be the eighth in a row. If Put it this way, if one or two SEC teams is in it, the SEC network may wish they were starting, like, uh, Sunday morning. Because <laughs> yeah, right. they, they would have a whole month, especially if it's two SEC teams, <laughs> yeah. to, to uh, hype yeah. the game yeah, think, and their network. I, I think, but, yeah. uh, John, I think some teams around the country, they, they think they already have the network, the uh, SEC network. They call it ESPN right now, but some people already think it is the SEC network. Correct, correct, and even though CBS is the one who televises them. Right, and CBS, too. CBS, they, they have their own network with CBS. You know, exactly. You know, broadcaster on Saturday for that primetime game, but, you know, that afternoon game. Right, well, final word, AP, I would just say that, you know, given the way this season has gone, never more so than last Saturday, uh, 
I believe something crazy will happen tomorrow night. I don't think it's just going to be, you know, Ohio State and Florida coast to victory and we all get ready for them in the national championship game. Florida State, I should say. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think it's going to be that simple. It hasn't been thus far, and I'd be surprised if if the, the crazy trend doesn't continue. I, I agree, John. The most difficult game is the lead-in, you know, lead-in when you're trying to win that last game to get to a championship situation. Totally. That's uh, very difficult. Totally. Michigan State, Ohio State, that's the game that, you, you know, I think is going to be fascinating because Michigan State's good. They're the best opponent. I, I just feel they're really good. Uh, number one defense mm-hmm. in the country. So with that said, AP, uh, hard to believe another show has come to an end, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Really enjoy it. Look forward to next week. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.